Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. So I've got a lot to cover in this episode. So I've got your news and gossip-ish and I've got your Black History Month highlight in which I'll be talking about Aja Smith. And then I have a really great interview with Mr. Black of the Jobber Tears Podcast and the Mr. Black Show. So sit back, relax and catch the vibe and listen to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Alright, so we're going to go to our news and gossip-ish segment, and we're going to start with Big E, one of my personal favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, They announced today that he's supposed to be having a WWE 24 documentary on the WWE Network coming out on Sunday, February 28th, the last day of Black History Month. And it seems like from the preview they showed, they're going to discuss some of his struggles that he went through in terms of being a football player. athlete in college and they're also going to be dealing with his struggles to sort of find a character once he started in um, FCW because of his introverted nature and they're going to discuss him finding his groove in the new day um, which basically led to him having an opportunity to gain the intercontinental title last this past Christmas so it looks like it's going to be a really compelling um, documentary to watch and it's going to be really emotional as it feels like a lot of what the new day does anyway but I'm really excited for it like I wish it was coming out this Sunday after Elimination Chamber because I would definitely watch it then but you know we have to wait until the 28th but definitely check it out um, if you have a mind to Biggie is one of the members of the New Day along with Kofi Kingston the longest tenured member and Xavier Woods so please check that out also in the news we have The Rock um, in his new TV show Young Rock and I wanted and I did give a review on my Instagram page um, a little review nugget about the show Young Rock on NBC if you want to check that out um but the viewership came in and it tapped in five million viewers on Tuesday for its series premiere um the show is clearly about the rock and his young life and everything that sort of molded him into this into the wrestler and superstar we know him as today um it spread across four different timelines where it shows 10 year old Dwayne or Dewey as his parents called him being around wrestlers of the day like Andre the Giant the Wild Samoans and the Junkyard Dog and 15 year old Dwayne which was navigating high school girls puberty peer pressure and poverty because even though you would think that he had it good and had it rich because his father was a legendary wrestler soul man Rocky Johnson um they actually didn't have it that well off so there was a point in which they they were in poverty but they still tried to make everything work for themselves um and then it channels 18 year old Dwayne at the University of Miami trying to make a name for himself and I would love to give a shout out to Bradley Constant who is from Tuscaloosa Alabama which is only about maybe 45 minutes to an hour away from Birmingham and his debut um as an actor by playing 15 year old rock um and they also deal with the future rock running for president in 2032 and a lot of people you know you know on social media talked about how much they really love the show I know I really liked the show it was very heartfelt and you know full of a lot of the things that we've seen the rock be able to do you know for his family since he's coming to all of his riches and stuff um he in the show he promised his mom that she would that he would get her a red Cadillac and he actually went on to do that a whole lot later on in life and it's really heartfelt in the way that it's showing the relationship that he or sometimes the lack thereof he had with his father um 
but he did still dedicate the show at the very end to his dad who did pass away last year so it was really an interesting watch and I do recommend anyone who isn't a wrestling fan to check it out they another part of the show that really impressed me was the fact that they used wrestling verbiage like um working the gimmick which was the name of the episode or putting someone over which basically you know if you're not a wrestling fan you know that basically means when you put someone over is when you're wrestling someone and you're you're letting the other person win and look strong you know if that's the plan backstage so you're basically putting them over and also with working the gimmick you're basically working this character um that you have and making it so very believable to the point to where they actually think that's you when in actuality it's not you so that actually made me glad um to see those older wrestlers and also um to see that they're using those those verbs those um phrases that we normally hear in wrestling fandom and something that i thought was really cool was that my friend alexis from college um shout out to alexis smiley she texted me and talked about how good she thought the show was and something that I really love um, is just having conversations with people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans, but then they get exposed in other ways, like through this television show or through other um, avenues. And it's just really cool. And she talked about how much she liked the show, too. So that was awesome. Um, please, I recommend you do check it out. It's a 30 minute show. It's on NBC on Tuesdays at seven or eight o'clock, you know, depending on where you are. So yeah. Also in the news, we have Lacey Evans um, and her pregnancy announcement on Monday Night Raw and its legitimacy. On Monday Night Raw, Lacey Evans announced her pregnancy um, during her tag team match with partner Peyton Royce. Um, and she was fighting against Charlotte Flair, whom she's in a feud with and Raw Women's Champion Asuka. And basically, there was a point where it looked like Lacey Evans wasn't getting in the ring to fight. And it was kind of frustrating me. And it looked like it was frustrating Charlotte um, in terms of kayfabe because she's wanted to get her hands on her all this time and basically beat her up. Because she's been, you know, she's basically been serving as a wedge between um, Charlotte and her father, the legendary Ric Flair. So when she backed away, you know, from the ring, she basically said, you cannot, you know, put it, put your hands on me because I'm pregnant. And we thought as fans, we thought it was like a storyline. And we were just like, what? Like, are you serious? And even Charlotte was kind of looking crazy, like, oh, my God, are you serious? You know, and Ric Flair was, you know, wooing it up and pretending like he was the father or whatever. But as it turns out, in actuality, she really is pregnant by her real life husband. Um, and this is going to be their second child because, of course, Summer Australia is their first child. And she's been on television before and stuff. And she's a really cute kid. But the thing is, she announced her pregnancy um, on Monday Night Raw and she, and she was scheduled to face Oscar for the Raw Women's title at Elimination Chamber this Sunday. Um, and they have yet to announce a replacement for that match. So I think that's kind of weird. Um, I think they really do need to announce a replacement because as because it seems like that's really the only women's match they have on the Elimination Chamber card, which is a little bit disappointing to me because I was, you know, hoping that somehow or another the women would have an Elimination Chamber match, but they're not. So I don't know. Um, but I want to say congratulations to Lacey Evans and her real life husband. Um, but then something that I felt weird about was just the fact that, um, it's just the fact that, um, Lacey Evans qualified, you know, to face Oscar when in actuality she had never defeated, defeated Oscar, you know, one-on-one -on -one in a, in a singles match or in a tag team match. So 
it's just kind of I feel like the the raw women's championship picture is in this really weird space right now um and a lot of fans online have been arguing that it should have been Naomi to qualify to face Asuka um for the raw women's title considering she was the last one to pin Asuka clean so but then there's also the fact that her and Lana are supposedly in the women's tag team title picture against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. But you have NXT that's beefing up their um, women's tag team division um, with the winners of the Dusty Cup of the first ever women's Dusty Cup with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And Nia Jax and Shayna actually went on NXT this past Wednesday. So everything's kind of up in the air right now. Um, but we do still want to say congratulations to Lacey Evans and her real life pregnancy. Also in the news, we have Bad Bunny, who won the 24-7 championship from Akira Tozawa, who won it from R-Truth on Raw backstage, um, with Damian Priest watching. And it's also been announced that he's the performer for this week's Saturday Night Live with Ray J. Jean Page from um, Bridgerton as the actual host. So congratulations to him on that. No one knows if he's going to be performing Booker T or if Booker T is going to be there, but I hope he is. So, yeah. And also there's a rumor, a rumbling, that NXT is adding a new show um, called NXT Evolve. And according to Fightful Select and WrestlingInc.com's Mark Middleton, WWE has already created graphics and a championship belt with the Evolve branding. And that test tapings have apparently taken place in a warehouse with Josiah Williams, a.k.a. Wrestling Flow, as the host. But no one knows exactly when it'll debut, and it's expected to be grittier and have a bigger fight feel to it than the regular NXT show. I think this is cool considering Evolve is like... um was like a promotion that WWE would do um, business with from time to time. And then sometimes they would use that as a springboard into NXT. So I think that'll be really cool if they're doing a second show. But I wonder if they'll just put it on the network or on Peacock. Um, as opposed to just having it on TV as well. So we'll see. But we don't know if this is ex actually a thing. But we'll see. Also, we have Kyle O'Reilly who got injured um, on wednesday during his you know encounter with adam cole and a fan took a picture of him you know at the live show and basically said that he was that he had suffered a seizure and it caught a, and it caught fire online and there was an outpouring of support and you know um empathy for him you know because he also suffers from diabetes as well but as it turns out it actually wasn't a seizure and it was a part of a work and they were just stretching him out because he had gotten attacked um with a suplex on the steel steps and got laid out by adam cole so we don't know exactly why adam cole is attacking everybody but he wants the nxt championship back so it looks almost as if the Undisputed Era is no more, but I'm really happy that um, Kyle O'Reilly is okay. Um, and he stated on Twitter today that he's that he's going to need time to heal from the pain of being attacked and also from the pain of having his best friend stab him in the back. So um, we're sending all kinds of prayers and good vibes to Kyle O'Reilly um, and hoping that he's, you know, that his health is continued, you know, to improve more and more and that he'll get his vengeance upon Adam Cole. 
So that's it for news and gossipish. And well, wait, one more thing. Taya Valkyrie is rumored to have been signed with WWE. She is the wife of John Morrison and she's the longest reigning Impact Knockouts champion in history. And that's going to be a really cool signing for the women's division. So that's all for news and gossipish. And now we're going to go to our Black History Month highlight featuring Aja Smith. Okay, so in this Black History Month highlight for this week, I'm going to talk about Aja Smith. On Instagram, she calls herself a trailblazer and a pretend model. I mean, she's really beautiful, though. But, you know, if she feels like she's pretending, then I mean, I don't know. But every picture I've seen of her, she's super gorgeous. So we're not I'm, I'm not going to, you know, dispute that with her. But she's super gorgeous to me. Um, <laughs> she was a professional wrestler before she was a referee that went by the name Aja Pereira. She was born on June the 9th, 1994 in Aracaju, Brazil, and then she debuted in wrestling in 2013. She wrestled for various promotions such as Canadian Wrestling Elite, Lucha Libre Feminil, um, Shimmer Women Athletes, Queens of Combat, and Shine Wrestling. She fought the likes of Bambi Hall, Kat Von Hees, Lady Jaguar, Renee Michelle, Zaya Brookside, Holiday, and Thunder Rosa, whom I've had the pleasure of interviewing on this show. Please listen to that interview. She had won a couple of championships, including a girl fight championship. She was the winner of the 2015 Copa LLF tournament, the, a one-time Shine Nova champion, and a one-time Shine tag team champion with Big Swole, who wrestles on AEW now. And her finishers were the wheelbarrow and stunner, the wheelbarrow stunner and the axe kick. And in February 5th, 2020, which was a very history making thing to do on Black History Month last year, WWE announced her as the first um, black female full time referee WWE has ever had. And she's also found love um, in wrestling with with the former NXT North American champion Leon Ruff, to whom she is currently engaged. So to Aja Smith, who started off as a wrestler and is a and is currently a referee, you know, refereeing in various matches, including sometimes even her boyfriend's, well, her fiance's matches. We salute you here at the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and hope you do you, you um, do nothing but amazing things and continue to push forward and break ceilings and make history in your own way and continue to do your cute little cosplays and all of the above on Instagram. So if you want to follow her, please follow her um, at Aja Smith WWE and follow her uh, at Ref Aja WWE on Twitter as well. So we um, we tip our hats to you, Aja Smith, and hope you continue to um, succeed and be awesome and totally be yourself in a world that tries to make you feel like you don't matter. But you do matter and you're awesome. And that's it for our Black History Month highlight. And now we're going to go to my amazing conversation with Java Tears podcast co-host, Mr. Black. So, Mr. Black of the Java Tears podcast, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So I'm going to start this conversation off the way I start all of my conversations off and ask you, when did you fall in love with wrestling? Um, at a very young age, I don't remember. I think I was like probably four or five. 
and my dad had a tape of it and me and my brothers just end up seeing it and then ever since then I just never stopped ever like I probably take like um you know how back in the day when I was in high school it wasn't during during the um, during, during the Rufus aggression era YouTube was still trying to find its footing and before that Hulu wasn't Hulu Hulu was very similar to YouTube where you could look up wrestling clips and stuff like that and daily motion was also around so i kept up because i didn't have cable so i kept up through youtube daily motion the old hulu stuff like that so i find ways to keep up with it throughout the years okay so basically you kind of started almost the same way i did because you know my dad used to tape wrestling all the time so if he didn't have like one tape he had like a whole mountain of them <laughs> and he was taping and he was taping WWF at the time and WCW back and forth because even though I didn't know what was going on um because I was a kid it was the Monday Night War so that's kind of cool how you and I sort of started off watching wrestling the same way wait um, I have a question how old are you I'm 27 <sighs> you're young <laughs> why are you saying that <laughs> because you have a very old spirit, but not like a negative, very like, I feel like you've been here as long as me, but in a very like somewhere in the past lifetime where you've been through, you've been through many lives because you have such an old soul to you. I thought that you was like my age. Wait, so how old are you? I'm, I'm 31. Oh, okay. See, you was making it seem like you was that far away from me. You're not that far. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, like 31's not that big of a gap. See, you was making it see, I thought you was gonna hit me and be like, oh, I'm 36. <laughs> see, that's a big gap right there. But nah, if nah, I'm nah, 27 nah. and you're 31, that's not that big. No, 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 no. You right. But yeah, like I'm I'm 27. I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm a baby in comparison to everyone else around me. It's weird, but yeah, yeah. except for my sister, she's 19. But really, okay, um, okay. but you know, around everybody else, I'm the baby. So okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I want to ask you, how did wrestling sort of feed into the relationship you have with your brother? I'll be honest with you. That's the only thing that is holding our relationship together. If it wasn't for wrestling, we would not be talking. And that's the honest truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so before the Jobber Tears podcast, did you ever imagine using your voice in wrestling, like at any point? Not in wrestling, but in church. Because oh. um, from the age of 19 to 27, I was in church heavy 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 like choir practice i was cleaning the church i was fixing stuff in the church like you could either find me either at work the basketball court or at church so i imagine myself like i always imagine myself using my voice for something but not for podcasting or not for like talking about wrestling oh wow so basically did you ever like so you imagine yourself sort of being like a preacher maybe Mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah yeah you know, that's yeah. that's actually cool, too. That's another thing we kind of have in common is the fact that mm-hmm. I sort of spent a lot of my life in church, too, except um, and I actually did speak a lot because when I was my church was small. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like I would do kind of a little bit of everything. I was in Sunday school. I was in the choir. So I sang a lot. And then I also 
um, used to be the Sunday school secretary. Um, wow. You know, at times, you know, whenever my aunt wasn't there, and then eventually they would make they made me like the main one. Um, wow. So it was just kind of like, and then of course when I had speeches, my grandma and my mom would make me practice so much to the point where I had myself memorized because they were like, no, you're not gonna be like the other kids. You're gonna get up there and you're gonna know all your stuff. And it used to wow. it used to upset me because I'd be like, man. I just I just want to watch TV. Like, can you leave me alone? I just want to be a kid. Yeah, but they but ultimately, you know, it wound up helping me, you know, along the way, of course, with mm-hmm. school and everything. But yeah, like I guess somehow they they may not have known it, but they may have prepared me for speaking a whole lot more because I find that I'm better with words than I am with numbers. <laughs> so Yo, that is a yo, yo, Stephanie. This is like <laughs> this is why I like you because me and you I like we mean you went, went down a similar path. Yo, I'm terrible with numbers. But you put me to say, yo, I want you to write a speech about this can of paint. All right, whatever. Give me five minutes. And I'll be like, like I'll have the like people. Um, my boy used to tell me this about my speaking. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. He said that I'm able to make people laugh and cry all at the same exact time. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I understand when you said that I'm very good with words instead of numbers. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, because like, I'm, I'm terrible with math. Like, I'm it's terrible. so funny. I was better. I was just telling my boyfriend yesterday how much better I was in algebra than I ever was at just regular math. Because if you put letters in it, then I understand it. But then it's just like m- math with just numbers and calculus. I had to go to straight tutoring for that. Like, it's, it's bad. Wow. I can count money, though. <laughs> I mean... Here's the thing though, like that's basic math. Like that's basic math right there. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, you're not gonna mess me up on my money. That's something I don't play about. But you know, everything else, no. Um so um what inspired you to join um the Job or Tears podcast? Um you're the first person ever actually know. You know that? <laughs> uh, wow. No, um, really? Okay. You're literally the first one to ever ask you that. You know, um, <sighs> dang, um, <laughs> it's not even 10 minutes that you stopped me with a question. Um, dang, what inspired me? Because it was one of those things where I just wanted to do it, you know? And when it comes to something, when it comes to using my voice, that's like a natural talent I have. So it only came second nature and just guest starring on the previous show that was on Janelle and my brother be on, be on that show and guest starring on it. It was, everybody said that I went to the event. We had, they had an event somewhere at some bar in Brooklyn. So we went there and everybody said, you did a good job or whatever. And I listened back and I was very amazed how good I was talking about wrestling, how freely I was. And opportunity came, you actually want to do. I said, well, I ain't doing nothing. And the rest was history. You know, like the one thing that a lot of people don't know is um, joining the Job of Tears, it gave me some kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. It gave me like a drive to keep on continuing. Like people really be thinking that wrestling, wrestling, or wrestling was there during my depression. Yeah, wrestling was, but no, it wasn't. It was actually 
the podcast because it gave me something to look forward to every day, every week, you know, put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. And no matter what happens, no matter people who may not recognize me, they'll never take away the way that I was there from the beginning. So I always will have root into the job and take. I can leave right now, but you can't never take away the foundation that I helped build with this brand. You understand? Yeah. So, yeah. So it gave me purpose, you know? It gave me purpose. So I guess the mixture of I needed something to do and I needed to find purpose, yeah. It was a mixture of a lot of things. But if I, if you want to put it in print, is that I wanted to do the job at Tears because I wanted to do something with my voice. And I always wanted to do a podcast. And this came to fruition. And why not? Like, now I have my own show, The Mr. Black Show. Please check that out. So, yeah. You know, you say that. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of like what started me in the podcasting game because mm-hmm. I was a part of a I was a part of an online group and I talked about about it a little bit when I was on Job of Tears. Like I was in an online group and they sort of played with the idea of starting a podcast and I was excited mm-hmm. about it because I was an administrator of the group and I was pumped, mm-hmm. you know, um, but <laughs> it never <laughs> happened. And I was just like, man, well, okay. And then it's just like, as soon as I left that group because of some differences, it was just kind of like, well, I guess if they're not going to do it and if I'm not a part of that community anymore, then I may as well try. And what and what I can say is it's like doing this podcast, you know, really does make me, you know, have more confidence in my voice. And it makes me, you know, happy because I know wrestling has always, you know, been a source of joy for me. But to be able to talk about it, you know, and reach people, that's not something I ever imagined for my life, like ever. Um, And being able to do it, it's just very fulfilling. So I definitely feel you on the purpose part. describe the atmosphere of the show um dang another hard-hitting question dang um the atmosphere it's I have to say it's some people call it barbershop talk I don't call it that I call it what black wrestling fans are going through because you have a mixture of both of people who have one stand on this and people have another stand on this. You have one side where somebody call it racism, another side where someone says, yo, bro, that's yo, bro, that's OG cat, bro. Like you're doing too much. So I like to call it what black wrestling fans are, 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 are black wrestling fans look like and what they're talking about. We mm-hmm. are what if you want to put like a face behind black wrestling fans we are it because you gotta think about it my brother is the if you want to say in, in black culture let's say it. my brother is a typical he's a personal trainer so he fits the mold of the guy that the kid where he was urkel and he became stefan so he was in the high fashion and all of that club life so that fits one kind of black Janelle fits the the girl that he went to high school who who, who did um who did all the prep rallies who did the whole hookah the one that was all in the scene that's one kind of black. Then got me where I fit the outcasts the Yu-Gi-Oh crowd the Pokemon crowd 
I fit the um I, I fit the stoner crowd. I fit the guys that who do who don't live by typical normal society rules, but just be on their own vibe. You know those people where, yo, you are a whole vibe by yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm with the creatives and stuff like that. That's one type of black I represent. So we represent what black wrestling culture is. Okay, you know, as I think that's a very fair assessment. I mean, cause really, you know, when I see all three of you guys, it's like, you guys seem like you have your own different personalities, but it's like the one thing y'all have in common is the fact y'all love wrestling. And when it comes to black wrestling fandom, you know, there's so many other things that we're all interested in as well. So once you bring all those experiences together in one show, it's it's very diverse and beautiful in that way. Um, and honestly, y'all remind me of like of two things. And I wish I would have said it to Janelle and to Sir Wilkins when I had them on here is that y'all remind me of First Take and The Breakfast Club a little bit because it's like you have all of those experiences there, you know, but then they bring it to become this amazing show that is important for the culture as a whole but then y'all are important for black wrestling culture as a whole so i guess that's kind of the difference between those three things but that's what y'all remind me of and y'all represent that really well so i look up to y'all so um thank you yeah you're welcome like seriously like i love you guys okay so um I want to ask what has been some of the growing pains, you know, that you've experienced in sort of hosting and helping to craft, you know, the podcast and I guess the network as well. You want to, um, which answer do you want, Stephanie? You want the PC answer or you want the real answer? Oh, uh, the PC. <laughs> okay. The PC. Okay. The peaceful <laughs> answer. <laughs> No, what I mean by PC I mean like the correct answer, like the, the one answer. that <laughs> the one that will like the one that people be like, okay, like okay, you know what? I give a mixture of both. I will be very I'll give you the reproach I'll give if we are co-workers at work. Um one of the challenges, number one is people won't like you no matter what you do. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, people will not like you. And just because we represent black culture is where you don't follow what other black people tell you to do, like certain rules that we have, like unruly rules was kind of stupid, such as, oh, you can't speak bad about a black person, or yo, uh, like I said earlier, if a white person do this, it's considered, uh, it's considered racism, is you cannot speak bad upon another black person. And it kind of sucks though, because it puts you in the box. But then that's that's a challenge that we had at first. How we still be authentically ourselves and still represent the culture. That was one of the problems we had. But then after a while, we just realized that no matter what we do, people are gonna hate you. Good, bad, or ugly. There's always someone who's gonna agree with you. There's always someone who's gonna disagree with you. But long as someone's open-minded to hear what you have to say, and that's fine. So another an, another second problem we have we we uh, we have problem is um, one thing is is I would say everybody finding a lot of people. We're not everyone's taste. You know, we come mm-hmm. off, I listen to a lot of other podcasts 
um, that who are outside our bubble and the ones who like up there who's in you know a lot of streams and I realized y'all all sound alike y'all all sound no different that y'all follow a similar formula so when we go against that formula it turns off a lot of people like oh my god you're not talking about this why are you talking about dating I, I just want to hear wrestling this that and the third but the good thing about it is once you cultivate once you got your own audience that core audience everything follows because once you match that core audience core audience is something that will always arrive with you to the end and that will buy your merch that will show you love that will that will treat you how you should be treated like yo we love you keep on like these are the people that you do the little stuff for these are the people that you featured on the show you know because they they've been your day ones so that's another thing third thing one of the difficult is is um i have to say is a lot of people not being very genuine and that's been that's something personal for me where they'll smile on your face say what up to you this that a third and then once everything's said and done it's like, all right, cool. You'll never speak to it again. When you try to have a conversation, look like, okay, it was just business. Copy. All right, you do you, I do me. There's no love laws, but like, yo, it's all good from here. Now I know what it is. And it's like, I had to learn personally to know who's your friend and who's just trying to get something out of you. But the one thing I'm learning in life is everybody is being used. If you're not being used, you're useless. You are useless. So me being used in this game is a good thing that I'm somewhat. I'm. I'm doing something, but don't miss. But don't misuse me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, that's some pretty profound stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm glad that you know you guys have sort of you know I guess worked around those to still create a good show because of course you know every everything is gonna have its problems and everyone isn't going to be on the exact same page but as long as you maintain you you know and the core identity of what it is you're trying to represent then that's really all that matters. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. All right. So this is a question that Janelle sort of commissioned me to ask all of you um, during our conversation, which was amazing. Um, she, I wanted to ask, what is the? I heard it. Yeah. What it, is the most out of control or surprising thing that has happened on this show, from your perspective? Dang, on the show. Yeah. Is we had a lot of we had a lot of crazies. Oh my gosh, where do I start? Oh my. Oh, one of my favorite moments when Janelle yelled at me and my brother. Like, she just went crazy. I'm tired of y'all. Blink, blink, blink. Oh, yeah, this, this, this. And she's like, how, how? And it was just so, like, out of character for her. It was so hilarious. We just laughed at her. That moment to me where, like, it put Janelle on the map. Like, dang, so how you guys do it? Like, Janelle's usually the one that was gonna say nothing. But, yeah, we... We we got her nerds to the point that she started yelling at us. Oh wow! That was that was the moment. I'm gonna send you that. I'm gonna send you that clip. I'm gonna send you that clip. Um, that moment, and um, I have to say, our old cameraman, when he used to be around, he had a lot of like slow moments that was so hilarious. Where we like um um like um I'm shooting the show. If you watch the early episodes, you'll see it. I'm like we just standing there and then 
he's behind the camera. Mind you, shirtless, has a hairy chest with no shoes on, and he's picking his chest hairs and just chilling there so comfortably. It was just moments like that where I was just like, what? <laughs> Yo, he was, he was something else. And like, <laughs> the thing that he says, like, you know, shout to Leo, man. Shout to Leo, Liam. Shout to Leo. Like, me and him are not close how we used to be, but like, the moment that we shared, I'll never forget that. You know, like, shout to him. Man. Shout to him. Okay. Because what's so funny is they both, I think Janelle and Sir Wilkins said that the one of their out of control moments had to be when you and him were talking about how beautiful Sunny Kiss was. Oh my gosh. That moment right there is. <laughs> that moment right there is. Was, oh, I have another moment. Is, you know, um, again, apologize. You know, I know you're a very Christian woman, so I apologize. This, this, this come up very raw, but it was a moment where we have the lovely lady from the Year podcast, the lady, um, um, the, um, the first lady of the Year, um, I forgot her name, it's slipping my mind, my bad, but her, she was, um, she was a guest. This, this is, this is before she joined the network. And then uh, one of the games was, if you're gonna make a WWE um, music sex list, well, um, what would you say? I sang the clip you want me to. And I said, I basically gave reasons why this will make a good sex list. But yes, so that was another outrageous moment. Um, we had a lot. The first year was the Wild Wild West. That's all I gotta say. It's too hot for TV. <laughs> I think pretty soon I'm gonna have to archive those because a lot of stuff could get. I don't care because I see it as I'm not that person, and whoever who I was then is is way different who I am now. But if you want to penalize me for what I said in the past, go ahead, go ahead because you're gonna be fighting who I was like. Um, you're literally fighting a ghost. So if you want to fight what I'm saying now, that's cool. But fight that ghost. That's a losing battle because I'm not that person anymore. So you know what? I'm not going to archive it. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> okay. Um, so who's been your favorite guest to come on the show? <laughs> I got a lot. Of course, top five dark-skinned dude is Chisel Adonis. Like, yo. <laughs> you have to understand. All right. You are going exclusive. Why he's one of my favorite guests? Because I almost died a couple of years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Almost died. And I super, I was home for like three or four months for a while. And I was depressed, super depressed. And I found this man on YouTube and I started watching him because he was just having like epic rants. And then watching him, watching him blow up and everything like that. So happily, he recorded not too far from our studio. Like he, he recorded he was like he recorded the same studio but the next room. Then I ended up meeting him, him and um him and Mar Swiss. Now um he's another guy that's credibly prayer. He was a um he was my second guest on Mr. Black show. You know he's a twenty two year old CEO so check out the episode. And just seeing Chisel Down my favorite guest I'm looking like I always to me you are a celebrity. To me you are who the Drake's are to me me meeting you is just like, dang, son. This is the man that I don't know. His videos helped me through, helped me through a pretty dark time in my life. So him in the flesh be on the show meant um meant the world to me. 
Yeah, he is so funny. Like, I'll never yeah. forget. Was, I found out who he was through my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And just hearing him sort of, I feel like half the time, I have to thank him because when it comes to the NFL, there's a lot that I didn't understand. But because I watch his videos and his commentaries about football, I understand a little bit better. And it's just like, I really feel like, you know, if he wasn't a comedian, he could be on ESPN because he's just so intense. Like, he just reminds me, he has like the attitude of a Stuart Scott. Like, you should be on ESPN doing something, you know, with that because he, the way he describes sports is just so elaborate, but yet you understand. Exactly. And that's the one thing that Speech 101 tells you know your audience and talk in a way where it don't go over the audience's head, but it goes in a way that even a child can understand. Mm-hmm. So, that man masters speech. Mm-hmm. So, is there any other favorite guests you got? Oh, oh, dang. Um, dang. Um, okay. Chad Gaspar. Oh, yeah. Of Crime Time. Him being on the show meant the world to us because that interview, how, to me, he helped paint light on a Vince McMahon as a person. And he helped me understand that Vince is not racist, but it's coming from a person that who grew up in an era where black people wasn't treated the way they was treated. So he has a lot of old time ways. And is it right? No but he still treat black people good because a lot of black men that a lot like a lot of black people work for his company the one that who don't been there for a while would say yo this is not racist you understand but i get it so he helped me humanize he humanized this man for me and the fact that he came on our podcast was like the real mvp for that like he my brother called him out and um he was supposed to have like it was him and um him and uh, jtg versus uh, some dude named Larry and my brother work out, but I didn't end up working out. That's how he met Glenn. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Glenn. You know, shout out to his film that he made. Shout out to him. And that was my second favorite guest because like he didn't have to do that because he was so in depth. He told us so much about the business. He he deposited so much knowledge into us. That was amazing. That was my second favorite guest. And my third favorite guest was um, my third favorite guest is. All right, it's, it's two more. I'm, I, I have two more. So, okay. The third one is is Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. Leo Mother Effing Rush. For Leo Rush to just come on the show, just be so candid about it, and answer it's a lot of the questions, not be uncomfortable, because you know a lot like um, what you may know, what what um, Janelle tells you is me, and my brother, I have very strong personalities, because we have strong personalities off the rip. Our energy comes off. Not everybody receives our energy. The fact that he's able to see, receive our energy, be open-minded, and still be so candid was amazing. And that, to me, helped me understand that there's a lot of old ideology when it comes to this business. That I had it rough, so I got to make it rough for the next person. Mm -hmm. But Leo Rush helped me understand that we need to stop doing that. We are the now. You know, and how I got how I got that because I was watching Space Force is a show on Netflix, and there was a scene where the two characters said, um, the two characters was just like, I want to open marriage, and the wife and the, and the husband said, No, I don't want that, and the wife said, Why? 
Because society said, yo, the wife said, we are adults. We make the rules. So me watching that, and, and then I went to right after, Leah Rush taught me that we are the adults. We are the guys that who make it up wrestling. We're no longer watching. We are no longer in wrestling school. So everybody who, who, who had the whole ideology where it has to be this way, you gotta continue this. No, let's stop this and make it more of an environment where everybody feel welcome to come in there. If you notice, basketball, they changing the whole locker room culture. They're not having certain coaches there because you need a coach that's able to talk to the youth because the, the, the youth don't understand yelling. Football, they change the culture. Sports in general. So why wrestling is so behind and so so behind when it comes to changing the culture of how they do things? Yes, they're getting better, video game, but it's still these old guys, these still people that with their age group that who want to keep it a certain type of way. Why? Let's change it. Let's make it more a friendly environment. That's pretty deep right there. Cause you know, when you mentioned um the interview with Shaq Gaspard and um rest in peace to him, um, you mentioned how he was talking about how Vince McMahon isn't actually a certain way, you know, and how he sort of humanized him. That kind of reminded me of the um there's this page called the Female Collective, and they had this um discussion with Stephanie McMahon and Bianca Belair and Naomi and Kayla Braxton. And oh, yeah, send me that. Send me oh my god, it was so good, and it was so funny. Is online a lot of people, I guess a lot of black people have a tendency to sort of give the McMahon's a bad rap because some of the decisions that they do make may seem a little bit behind the times in terms, you know, in terms of the culture. But then it's mm -hmm. just like to see Stephanie McMahon, you know, sort of give these women the opportunity to speak on their, you know, experiences as black women, you know, um and being able to listen and also being surprised with some of the things that are part of our culture that she actually likes, you know, like I found out she liked The Last Dragon and that blew my mind because that's my dad's favorite movie from like the eighties. Like, exactly. like it's stuff like that, you know, that means a lot because it lets you know, you know as human beings, you know, they may make a lot of weird decisions you know at times but at the same time they're still learning and i feel like we don't sometimes we have a tendency to not give them a whole lot of grace when it comes to that exactly and that's the one thing that um 2020 taught me have patience and let people evolve because i like to relate it to pokemon where are you familiar with Pokemon stuff? Uh, a little bit. Like, um, I think I kind of quit after Johto. Oh, okay, okay, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's enough because <laughs> along that's enough because honestly, honestly, Johto was just like after I was just like, all right, man, this is just too much to keep up with, man. It's, it's too much. So, next, when you look at a Charmander, its whole evolution line, right? Mm -hmm. Charmander, Charmander evolves to a Charmeleon. Mm -hmm. A Charmeleon evolves to a Charizard. Each level is taking the best of the best to make the best version of themselves. Such as when a Charmander evolves a Charmeleon, it's taking its speed and all the moves that he learned. So now he takes it to a Charmander where he's evolving that to make it more powerful. Where he taking all his speed that he learns or his fire move, and then he's adding on the evolution where he's able to fly. So in this world is nobody has patience 
to let people evolve over time. That's why I tell people is never be afraid to evolve. And sometimes you may have to change, like Charizard. Charizard did evolve, but yet he also changed because he went from walking to not having wings. Mm-hmm. He went from a regular fire type to a fire, a fire flying type. And now sometimes you may have to take it up a notch. And now he has two extra forms. Reason why I bring all this up is you see how he was patient with our Pokemons? Why now we're not patient with the people around us? And the one thing that I hate how people don't do is they don't go the extra mile behind the headlines. You know why I was able to learn so much about Stephanie and everyone else in the business? Through watching them, hearing them through podcasting. And why I learned so much by Nyla Rose, because I heard her through a podcast and she's able to speak freely throughout. You, you, you were able to hear Nyla Rose as a person, not as a character. So hearing that, now I want to watch that. Now I want to watch that. And the final guest that really had me like, yo, another one of my favorites, another guy that I love watching the videos, he got me through it, Simon Miller of Woco. Yeah. Yo, that was another one of my favorite guests on the Java TS podcast. Of course, we have other little guests that we did as shout out to Bottapow, shout out to Joe Kim, where we did our own personal ones, where we had Big Swole on the show at one point, like we did interview with her. We had um, Tasha Steele, Kiara Hogan, Ooh, so we did a lot. And those are done another one, one of our favorite guests that wasn't canon to the main show, but was still good guests. And another reason, oh, okay, and pretty much that's, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so when did you realize that the Jabba Tears podcast was bigger than you? When Big Swole wear our shirt on her diet, my um, profile. Are you serious? Yep. Uh, this yes, happened? I'm going to show you the video. Yes, Big Swole, when they was profiling up at AEW Dark, whatever, they should show, when, when they signed people and show videos of them, yes, Big Swole said that we gave her, she said, yeah, I'm going to wear it. I was like, okay, you didn't train no mind. And she wear it. I'm going to show you the video after we get off. Yes. Oh, that is so sweet. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm surprised that my brother or Janelle didn't mention that moment. That is so sweet. I can't even believe that happened. Oh my god. Yeah. Did it mention that? Oh no, no. I was shocked you didn't mention it. I listened to both episodes. By the way, you did a great job. This is why I call you Mama Dershi. <laughs> Once again, killing the business. Wow. Okay. Like, no, they didn't tell me um, about that. See, that's amazing, though. That's exposure. Second, <laughs> yes. Second thing. Second thing. We was going to wrestling, me and Janelle. I saw Nyla and I was like, oh, that's Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose came up to us and said, I'm a fan of your show. Oh. Yes, and Good. moments that, when Willie Mack was on our, right, Willie Mack, he was on our IG one time talking to us. Um, dang, when we had LAX, well, Pride and Powerful at our wrestling event, um, I said the one moment, I said, yo, all right, this is definitely going somewhere. Is our two moments. Mm-hmm. We went to Wale Mania, right? Me, me, all of us paid for it. But then we went to VIP, where other wrestlers were we know. Faye Jackson, Tasha Steele, Kiara Hogan, Isaiah Wolf, a prolific. They was there. Got the VIP. I was able to Ooh. talk to Cedric Alexander. And me talking to him. And I told him in his face, I said, Cedric, I'll be very real with you. 
I call you Cedric Entertainer. He started laughing. Like, <laughs> and he's so cool. And that's what I realized. That, and another thing is, I get to, I got to smoke with Val Venus. <laughs> you mean like, you mean like weed? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I don't smoke cigarettes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, I love what Javitia's wrestling has done for me. It allowed me to it allowed me to perfect the person I am. Because without the Javitia's podcast, I'll never lost all the way I was lost. Without the Javitia's podcast, I'll probably have strive to become a better man. So, me finding that's what I tell a lot of men, men out there, people in general, is find your purpose. So when you're able to find your purpose, everything else around it is going to fall into place. But just find your purpose. Okay. Yeah. That's was, that was a really great answer. Um, how has the pandemic, you know, affected you as a host, a fan, and a person? Because I know it sort of affected the way we sort of watch wrestling. We can't really go to live events. And it's different, of course, you know, there's no ah, okay. crowd crowds like it used to be. So was that different for you to kind of get used to? Mm-hmm. Um, at first, yes. At first, it was. But I um, used to go into indie shows that don't have large crowds. And... I kind of saw what 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 able to get me through watching the pandemic was one thing that a lot of people won't give WWE credit and wrestling in general. Listening WWE for this one is not AEW. AEW I think AEW always had games very close since day one. Is WWE people were able to get over without mm-hmm. the audience interfering. People was able to tell their story through and through with no true interruption. Mind you, remember if Sonya Sonya Deville, people forget she was over, over like Rover, but she was able to really talk without the audience booing and saying what mm-hmm. what none of that. She was able to just talk, and because she was not talking to a flaky fan base, she was talking to the boys in the back that who want her to win. We have no real bias that y'all want you to win. And the and it was able to create these, the theme was able to really become the theme during this time. The one thing that kept Bray Wyatt, like the reason why a lot of people, I, I like, let me go my thoughts together. I said Bray Wyatt strives so much in this whole pandemic because they was forced to come up with new things right. to keep the audience engaged. Bray Wyatt was always ahead of his time. For example, him versus Rain Orton at WrestleMania. Now, that was ahead of his time because of the whole projector bugs onto the ring. What if that was done at WrestleMania, a WrestleMania around this time? It'd be a better production show because he's able to really go into his creative mind. So the pandemic to me was a blessing in wrestling. Because people who never think would have got over over the mic, got over on the mic. And the one thing I liked about it, when wrestlers used to talk during my matches, you saw more of that, like, nah, man, you ain't better than me. It gave it, like, the whole, it gave it a, mm-hmm. a real raw feel to it. And people you never thought would get championships was getting championships. 
And shout out to AEW, seeing all these indie wrestlers, you know, people that you interview, that we interview, getting work because of the pandemic. The pandemic does so much for the wrestling community. Where wrestlers, yeah, yeah, they're not not able to wrestle. Shout out to Ace Andrew. Um, um, Ace Andrew. Ace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ace Andrew. And he said, the guy we had on the show, he said he was able to get better with his promos. Other people was able to get better within their skills within wrestling. So when it came out, some people losing weight. Some people was like, ooh, learn, learning like learning like new moves. So overall, the pandemic was a blessing because wrestlers were able to harness skills. Right. And and I love what you said about um, people having, you know, championships that probably never had them before. And also just the fact that you saw people, even if they did win championships, they were able to actually get opportunities that they never would have gotten otherwise. Because I exactly. feel like Jay Uso fighting for a universal title definitely would not have happened during a normal circumstance and he was able to stand on his own two feet of course his brother's out but at the same time you know you only knew them as a tag team but to see him you know come into himself more as an athlete on his own and then being able to stand you know head and shoulders Mm -hmm. with his cousin who's in his bag it's just been Mm -hmm. more and more you know intriguing and and exact and it's just like even with the things that you hear them say like i i said plenty of times on my show that I felt like Roman deserved an Oscar for how he was acting in that match in the um, Hell in a Cell and they were beating each other up and they were crying and it was just a Thank lot you. and yep. I was like oh my god why are you Thank making you. me feel all these things in a wrestling Thank match you. <laughs> Thank you Thank you Thank they you have been nominated that. for something Thank you. like it was crazy exactly and that's the thing and that's the thing that I be telling people Yo, you complain about every little thing in wrestling. When you go back and watch it, you're looking like, man, that was actually pretty good. The pandemic made me appreciate John Cena. And I'm gonna explain to you why. John Cena had to win a lot. Because honestly, you need dominant champions. And if you look at sports, like, you know, basketball and football, there's people who win all the time. The Warriors, the Patriots, and you would like, that's how you make it about mm-hmm. teams, individual, Tom Brady, LeBron James. So there's people who dominate the sports, Michael Jordan. So if you have people who don't dominate, have, have like long, lengthy dominate championships, then the championship will no, will not have that worthy because when the next person take it off of it, like, oh man, that was good. Let's look at Triple H versus Batista. When Triple H finally lost to Batista, yes. the room erupted and it made Batista a star. Imagine Triple H didn't have that dominant reign. Batista would not be able to get be, become Batista because there was not Batista had but so much time in the ring. People forget how old he was. So imagine that. But that's why I tell people: if you want to treat, if, if 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 you want like if you want wrestling to be real, stop nitpicking and look at it for what it is: sports entertainment. There's not only some sports element into it. Some people say WWE don't put puts element into I say they do but they don't do it in the way that you think they do so the pandemic also taught me stop treating wrestling like stop stop treating wrestling like 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 stop nitpicking that wrestling and see it for the bigger mm-hmm. picture you know like um I think um that that's what it taught me and the business at the end of the day wrestling at its core 
it's just a high profile job that everybody can see you on TV. If you think about it, and there's levels to this job too. There's like, you know, the indies and there's professional wrestling. Even then there's levels to it. So that's why I be telling people like, yo, give these wrestlers a, a, some slack because right. you don't know what they're going through personally. You know, wrestlers are human too. And that's another thing that pandemic taught me. It allowed me to see wrestlers for humans and not just um not just entertainers. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna switch gears a little bit and I'm gonna ask you, um, what is the wrestling culture like Ooh. in New York? <laughs> Stop. You will love it. You will love it. Yo, the fandom is crazy. Son, I love it. I love how how the, the urban crowd, you know, people that who love the hip hop culture, it's so rich, especially at Legends Bar. Last time we had WrestleMania there, yo, it was bananas. People from all walks of life was there. You meet every type of blacks, every type of Spanish, every type of whites, all watching wrestling. The culture, it's whatever you want to make it. It's always groups that you can find, you can fit in. You know, like if you want, the kids that the, the people who like 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 um, my crew is we smoke weed, do other stuff. The creators, yeah, come over here, we do this. But even then, you may not smoke weed though, but you love being creators. We love the energy that the creators bring. There's a group for that. There's so much. It's oh my god. I just like if you, you can't tell a smile on my face. The culture in, in New York is beautiful, man. Steph. Whatever the God have planned for you, man. Make sure you come up to the trip and join us for WrestleMania. I let you just Wings on me, dog. It's so funny. You. Every time y'all do an invitation and show people that we're doing a thing at Legends Bar, in my soul, I'm like, man, why I got to be down here? <laughs> why I got to be down here so far <laughs> from them? You, uh, yo, you have to come. Like, honestly... When I um when I first stumbled across your page, I don't know how I stumbled across across your page. Well, Steph, listen, I'm gonna say this on your show is I'm gonna give you flowers. Steph, you're hella dope. And I know it's hard for you by yourself, but just know that people like you and everyone at the Java Tears Network, I could definitely say this safely is we appreciate people like you who's open-minded to the wrestling game and bring another twist to it. To anybody who don't appreciate your work, who may not understand who you are, forget them. You are unique. You have a unique point of view. You're dope as hell. You're funny. Don't let anybody see you cry, Steph. Always wear your crown and wear that beautiful smile of yours. Stephanie, man. People like you that who bring the... I'm fine with that. That's why, Stephanie, I appreciate what you do for culture, B. Keep it up. Thank you so much. I appreciate those wildflowers and lilies and <laughs> all of that. Like, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but yeah, like, it seems like it's so cool up there. And what's so funny is here in Birmingham, we had a we have a group called Burma Slam, and it was started by this girl named Brittany, and I, and I believe this guy named Chris who works in the mall here. Um, 
they started a group where they used to do viewing parties and everything but since the pandemic started they kind of just they kind of just quit and i guess they just didn't want to be um responsible for putting people in danger so it's like we do have stuff like that here in the city it's just like it's just sort of come to a standstill a bit since you know the the pandemic started so I don't know. Maybe somewhere down the line, I can make it to New York at some point because New York is one of my favorite cities anyway. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. see some shows. Um, so it's just like, I love New York, you know, anyway. So it's just like, I want to go and see everything, but I want to visit y'all too because that's just, it feels great to know I have a, you know, community of a family up there. So it's just yeah. like, you should, you should, you should see me talking to my parents about, my friends in New York are like, oh, me and this podcast in New York, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do it. They be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they just be like, okay, and then they just, you know, be like, okay, and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, um, I want to ask you, um, what inspired you to start your own podcast, the Mister Black Show, which I've actually been on. Um, yes, 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 yes. So- <laughs> he was on the, he was on the IG days, but thank you for being a precursor. I definitely have to have you on on, on the show because your, your story is hella unique and I need to have you on. Like, we're going to figure out something, Steph, all right? Um, okay. Hmm. I want to give people that I know, people I think are dope, that, that are dope, a voice. So no matter what what's your background, you do something dope, I want you on the show. I got inspired by Joe Rogan because I realized that Joe Rogan, every time I watch his show, I learned so much. I learned he talked to people I never have opportunity to talk to because he wanted to talk to these people. Like he doesn't stick to his bubble. And I'm like, the whole world is his bubble. So I got inspired with that. Second off is I love listening to people. I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories. You know why? Because I want to understand people and have sympathy to, to have sympathy for them. So just thinking when someone do something is I don't see black and white. I see gray. I see it from all three different angles. Like I'm learning is you could be right and wrong at the same exact time. Like for example, let's say that let's say that someone push you, right? You have all like someone pushes you. And next thing you know, you slap the taste out of his mouth. You're like, yo, listen, yes, yeah, but you're not just slap the taste out of his mouth, but like, you could have just, I get it. That was your reaction. That was, no, no, that was terrible. I'm sorry. That's rewind. Click. Boom. <laughs> let's say how that I said, like, let's say how to, um, um, let's say I said, you said, I said, hi, Stephanie. And then you gave her a nasty attitude, like, L, yards, whatever. I could say, whatever. And then I, after that, I push you. And I'm like, okay, you, like, you don't have to push her, though, but I understand why you was mad. You was right to be mad, though, but you was wrong for pushing her. You be right and wrong at the same exact time. So, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot what I was answering. My bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was asking what inspired you to start your own show. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Able to have a point of, able to understand everyone's point of views and able to have understanding. So I, I want to continue to just tell people stories that's unique and able to help them in some type of way. If you have a lingerie line, cool. You know, one of my favorite episodes is with Pastor Stephen Hutchinson. Pastor Stephen Hutchinson is one of my OGs. Like, he helped 
like while I was in a church, you know, he had another church, but he was able to allow me to be myself around him. And he basically watched him become a man. The reason why I wanted him on the show, because I wanted to show the world that, you know, not all churches are bad. You just got to find the one that's right for you. That was one, right. that was one perspective I was able to give, you know? And another, ep another episode that was one of my favorites is it was with uh, the 22-year-old CEO, you know, Marv Francois. Hearing his story from going to from, from going to cop on comedy to home improvement, also with credit credit repair too. That's to me that's interesting. That to me, I want to tell I, well, I want to tell his story because to show the world that yo, nothing's ever set in stone. You will you will always twist careers until you find something that fits you. So yeah, so that's why I really start the Mr. Black show because I needed a place to really express myself no boundaries or nothing because I'm a very complex individual. I have layers to myself. So why not have a show that represents that? Okay. You know, I think that's a beautiful reason to start your own show because something I play with at times is in my mind though, because I don't have time to really do this. Um, I play with the idea of maybe starting another show about just life or something like that or like different black issues or black TV shows or, or TV shows or something. But I'm just like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's like, I know there are like 10,000 things that I love outside of wrestling. Like I love music. I love, um, I love spirituality. Like I just love talking about, you know, like love relationships. There's so much that I love talking about outside of wrestling, but I just don't have the time. I got an idea. <laughs> I got an idea. You do have the time, Stephanie. Like, for example, let's say that you have an episode where you're talking to someone like me that who's very, you know, um, eccentric, who's into everything. Maybe in the beginning of the episode, well, we mentioned Pokemon. Let's say you in the beginning of episodes, yeah, you know, we mentioned Pokemon and stuff like that, but let me tell you my story about with Pokemon. I end up getting a 28 year anniversary Pokemon card at McDonald's. You tell that story. Is it McDonald's work? I forgot where, but you tell that story. That's still a way for you to incorporate Stephanie, also incorporate it into wrestling. Because people in wrestling are, are, are like multi-dimensional, like us. So that's a good way to start out off until you comfortable to do it on like his own 15 minutes. Like it's, it's called a 15 minutes with Stephanie. We record 15 minutes throughout the day and you space it out and put it out just as a 15 minutes um, of quickie. Because people love you, Stephanie. So imagine giving like little quickies throughout the week. It's 15 minutes. Just say suggesting, dogs. That's true. And those are really good suggestions. And maybe I'll just, you know, keep that in mind. Because that is something I did kind of start, you know, with like different breaking news stuff like mm -hmm. or something like that. I remember. Or review. Like I actually did, you know, a review on um, Young Rock a couple. Yes, of I see that. And it's just you like, it. you know, oh, thank you. It's just because it's just like I mean, I love the show, so I kind of wanted to talk about it because it has to do with wrestling, but it's a regular show that uh, that people outside of the wrestling world will watch. So it's just like I wanted to talk about it. So it's just like I don't know. I guess it's just figuring out how I could do it. But you know, I also work, so yeah, it's just yeah. you know, it's just a matter of just juggling stuff and everything. Exactly. So back to wrestling. Who are your top five wrestlers? I was waiting for this question. I was waiting for this or question. Or non-binary. You know, I was waiting. For okay. This. Like, <laughs> yes. I was waiting for this, Stephanie. Yo, I don't do like particular order. I just do who I like top five. Bray Wyatt. Okay, that's fine. Bray Wyatt. Seeing this man journey, 
from Husky Harris to who he is now, been the most inspirational journey I've ever seen. And that to me was one of the people I look up to where to show you that no matter how what life throws at you, never give up and never afraid to evolve. So that's why I got the whole logic of evolving yourself is I love Ray White. I love, I love him. Um, him. Um, <laughs> everybody knows my guy, big time Yaya. He's an independent wrestler, part of the job to yourself. Shout out, um, shout out to them boys out there. Nasty Leroy, Mantana Black, there is Lockhart, all those, all those guys down there. Shout out to the job to yourself. But my, my man, big time Yaya. Yo, I met him um, years ago at a battle club event, um, event, and he was one of my first interviews. Yaya is just one of those wrestlers where I love him. Like he's, like he is to me. He's gonna be, he's gonna take another championship up here, most likely battle club, because that championship is up for grabs. But I love Yaya. I love him, love him, love him, love him. Like if you ever see a wrestling event and Yaya's there, just know I'm his biggest supporter. Like. I love Yaya. Um, my boy Yaya. Um, third of all is Dolph Ziggles. I love mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggles. I love him. Like to me, he's what he's what you want in a wrestler. A guy who's willing to make the other person look good. And to me, a lot of people don't see people don't understand the value to have guys like that who just want to do their job and that's it. Cause they make everybody looks good. And Dolph Ziggler is that dude. I like to call him a Jeremiah Green type of person where you don't always see his stats comes up. You don't like, you don't realize it. But him having it there creates some, it it, 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 it helps everyone else. Everybody benefits from a Jeremiah Green type of character in wrestling. That's why I like to call him Jeremiah Green because Jeremiah can do everything. That's why I love Dolph Ziggler's. Um, third is Darby Allen. Darby Allen, yo, he is, he's just himself, unapologetically. You can't tell him nothing. And the moment I fell in love with him, it was him versus Inner Circle. Moxie got injured and he was getting beat up. And um, Sammy Guevara got a hot tag. So Darby Allen crawled himself to the corner and then he stood up, hot tagged himself, and was a ball of fire. That to me made me fall in love with Darby Allen. I love, love Darby Allen. Um, of course, everybody knows, look at the real deal now, Mr. D'Lo Brown. Yo, the first black man that I saw that who had swag, not with his dressing, but the way he carried himself. Like he was just his own swag, like head, head moving, the way he wrestled, like he put on for the chubby dudes out here. Put on for us, you know. When when I, when I was chubby, I, I was like, I look up to him. He put on for us. Like I love me some D'Lo Brown, and to me, mm-hmm. D'Lo Brown is another good hand where you don't appreciate him. And now he's the voice of Impact. You know him and um, Matt Striker again, guys. Right. You don't realize you appreciate. And now and now let's go over to Impact. Some of the guys I like, you know, is I like KC Navarro. He, like he's a new dude, up and coming, but I've been a fan of him for a while. And seeing Casey Novar over there impact, bring me smiles. Like that's another duo I like. And the females, I can separate them is Jazz. I love Jazz. Like Jazz mm-hmm. to me is every girl I ever dated. Like one of those tomboyish, tough, 
but she like like when she loves you, she loves you. I love love jazz. I just love what she stands for. I just love it. I love Victoria. I love Victoria. To me, Victoria don't get her flowers enough. But what she did in the Rusty Brasilera fighting in those hardcore matches, killer. And what she did in the Impact at Tara, as Tyra. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Give her credit. Um, another girl I love. Yeah, and her feud, and her feud with Trish Come on, come on, very underrated. Come on, thank you, Steph. You know, another one of my favorite females in WWE is, um, I love Tamina. Tamina is one of those people where, if she was in any, like, if she was in NXT, I pray that they put her NXT somehow, because she would do, she will, people, people just profit just learning from her. Because she does so, like, she knows so much from the business. Imagine, I remember her and Nia Jax was put together. And the dominance they had in the Elimination Chamber, even the, even, even leading up to that, they, Tamina and them looked so dominant. Tamina was able to, like, mask some of Nia's mistakes. And that, to me, was a very underrated time to that she never broken up. And fourth right. is, um, China. China, to me, the reason why I love China is because China was that woman where she was truly where I could play with the boys. She was the Venus, she was the Venus Williams of WWE, where a woman that she could hang with the boys and she won't look weird. And woman just mm-hmm. power. Like I love her. I just I just love the fact that I just love people who let nobody tell them nothing. I love people like that. Like, I'm going to work within you, but I'm going to do it my way. And China definitely did it her way. And finally, the one female I love is, I was like, every time that I see her on the screen, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's between Tasha Steeles and Big Swole. Big Swole mm-hmm. to me, woo love me some Big Swole. Of course, you know, of course, you know, being a sister, I love her. And the reason why I like Tasha Steeles is I really saw her I, I, I really saw her glowing up. To see her glow up into who she is right now is to me bring a tear to my eyes where, yo, wow. Yeah, I know th- uh, that was a lot. I know, I know, I know. No, it's okay. Like, it is okay. Like, I mean, that's a, you have a really good top five, seven, eight like you have a lot of great you know picks and everything so i'm not even mad at all um so i want to ask you how important is it to you to be a great representation of black content creators in and outside of wrestling i mean it means a lot to me because i always want to be that person where people always 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 come up to and be so relatable and i always i'm the one that who always want to fight for equality within this wrestling world. And this is why that I'm so passionate about what I do because there's not enough us represented within this community. And let me really break this down where we live in a world where they said, oh, rep- um, representation matters. Okay, cool. Let's say that I have a company and, I, and um, I'm a white dude, right? Oh, we got to mm-hmm. hire more minorities. Next, no, no, we got to hire more black people. Okay, cool. They will hire four different Wayne Brady's. They will hire black people, but they all are like Wayne Brady characters, what they are comfortable with. True diversity is 
hiring a black man that who has a tattoo on his face, hiring a black man where he kind of reminds you of Cat Williams, hiring a black man where he reminds me of Drake. The reason why I bring all these different characters of black people, people in general is, we don't really have true diversity. We have control diversity. Why can't a man who has a tattoo on his face can't get a job? If he has all the skills to do that job, compared to someone who don't have all the skills, but has like, he's more cleaner cut, both, both guys should have the fit and still have the, still has the, still, still have the, still, should have the, still have the, both guys still should still have the same exact chance at that job, regardless mm -hmm. of how they look. So that's why I believe that I want to show true diversity within wrestling where like, you could be yourself, be yourself. And I want to represent that where Mr. Black is going to smoke his weed. But at the same exact time, Mr. Black don't read about Black, Black liberation, watch Pokemon, watch Dream Girls, and watch some, you know, um, watch some Seinfeld, diversity. I want to be to say that it's okay to be yourself. Don't always follow society norms. Just be yourself. So that's me showing my 100% authentic self means the world. Because it'll allow another black person who looks like me to able to do this. And one thing I know I don't mention is I, I represent that 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 kid that who's in special ed. That people laugh at you. But all you but you didn't care. You kept on going to school and love wrestling. And to me, I, the little boy inside will be proud of the adult version of me because I never changed who I was. I, I just evolved. So that's why it's important to me that I show, I like, I tell my story to have other people come and say that it's okay to be yourself, regardless your background. Come, let me embrace you. And it's a beautiful answer because it's just like when you were talking about the diversity of blackness, you know, like I didn't fully, fully realize how diverse blackness could be until I got to college. And when I went to college, it's like you had you had black people from all of the United States, but then you had some who also represented subcultures like they were Jamaican or cultures like they were Haitian or they were from different places, different parts of Africa and, you know, and even from different parts of overseas. And I feel like sometimes even us as black people, we sort of underestimate, you know, how diverse we really are, even though we have sort of the same things in terms of culture. There are so many different things that we have that makes is you know different exactly. and you know and so it's just like we have to be open to each other's differences you know mm -hmm. or otherwise we won't survive exactly. and I know it means a lot to me to be a content creator to be a black female content creator especially in wrestling because as you know I said a couple episodes ago it's so few of us mm -hmm. and yep, I heard you know and with yeah and with with it being so few of us you know i think it's important to be that person to say hey i watch wrestling too and open the door for other you know black girls like me who are into that as well because um i've had conversations with friends who were who were you know who are white and stuff and they couldn't believe that i was into wrestling because i'm so i think one person said i was very feminine and that's the truth i'm a very feminine person i love to get my hair done um if i had the chance i would get my nails done you know if i've actually made time for it you know i, I love going shopping and stuff like that but i like watching people get hit <laughs> yeah like and it's just like you know and i love you know learning about black history and i love you know watching shows like Grey's anatomy and stuff like that 
but I love watching people, you know, get body slammed because that's just been my whole life too. Yeah, yeah. And that deserves to be represented. So exactly. Like Yeah, and I love I love superheroes too. Exactly. Especially female superheroes. That's my life. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> I know that one of your favorites is Captain Marvel and you have the costume of her. I pay attention. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So and then WandaVision is going to be interesting too because because Monica is getting her powers so maybe I'll cosplay her at some point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can't wait until tomorrow episode can't wait like who knows but you know it's all interesting and I'm glad that we're both sort of representing that so I want to ask you one final question um, what does the future hold for Mr. Black Another question I never I didn't expect you to ask that, but what holds for Mr. Black? Well, definitely, it feels like it, it's time to expand the job of tears into more of the fashion game. I have some ideas that I'm gonna bring out as far as fashion wise, as far as many different hoodies I want to come out with because I feel like my creative side hasn't been itched when it comes to making T-shirts. So that's something I'm in the works. Of course, more episodes of Mr. Black show. Expecting me, me expecting expecting me to be more present on Java Tears page, and expect you know me live streaming pretty soon on Twitch. You know, a lot of games I'm into live streaming probably the Warriors, Belly, and Bully, different ver- ver- variation of games. But definitely look out for that. And what else in the future of Mr. Black is these these wrestling viewing parties. Definitely, there we're gonna be back. We are twenty five percent. Thank you, Governor Cromer. Um, hope you're listening because I appreciate this. So definitely, like overall, Mr. Black is forever gonna be evolving, you know. And this interview, by the time you meet me, I may be a more better version of the Mr. Black. But until then, I'm just enjoying this journey for what it is because life is good. Whatever energy you put out. Is that is that energy that you get back? And last of all, is yeah, God is good. God is good all the time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't like I just you. I had to do it. Like <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, yes, she caught it out. Yes, I had to do it. I had to do it. It's just in. It's it's in the. It's in the. It's just in there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Trust me. Trust me. Like, side note, my favorite song is Take Me to the King. Ooh, 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 oh, man. Ooh, lady, my, mama, awesome. my mama was just watching um, the Medea farewell play, and she was actually singing that, you know, um, Cora, she was singing that um, to end the show, and I'm just like, man, this I I kind of forgot how powerful this song was, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for real. Um, but yeah, like, um, so if you you could just you know you've basically put yourself over, you know, already, you know, um, just tell the people where they can follow you and find you on social media, and tell them you know new things that you got going on with the podcast and everything. Um. Make sure you follow my personal page, underscore Mr. Black, M-R-B-L-A-C-C. That is underscore M-R-B-L-A-C-C. And please, please, please follow the Java Tears podcast page at the Java Tears podcast on Instagram. And if you like wrestling, 
and you love talking wrestling, please, please, please follow us on Jonathan's network page on Facebook. And of course, you like listening to wrestling, please, we are all streaming platforms. Just like just like how that, that you're a fan of this show, you find us on Apple, YouTube, whatever. If you like to watch us visually, you know, keep you company at work during lunch, please, please subscribe to Jonathan's network page on YouTube. All right, Mr. Black, thank you so much for coming to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. It's been an honor having you and your co-host this month for Black History Month. It's been lit. Dang, this is the blackest <laughs> Black History Month because me and my brother alone is <laughs> Black Black. Dang, thank you for having us. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Yes. All right. So, um, this is Mr. Black from the, from the Jobber Tears Podcast. Thank you so much. Bye. Right. So I just want to thank all three members of the Jobber Tears podcast as Janelle from HR, Sir Wilkins and Mr. Black for coming on my show during this amazing Black History Month. Like um, Mr. Black said, you can follow the Jobber Tears podcast on Instagram at the Jobber Tears podcast and on Twitter, um, just Jobber Tears. And you can follow each of them on social media. I, well, actually, no, not. Well, you can follow most of them on social media, you know, where they said you could follow them and please listen to their show because it's actually really really good they're an amazing representation of black wrestling podcasters and they are personal heroes to me um so since we've reached the end of our time just know that you can listen to the hardy wrestling podcast anywhere you get your podcast apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify youtube um iheart radio just anywhere you get your podcast you can find me and you can um also follow me on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod and on Facebook at The Hardy Wrestling Podcast as well. Um, so I hope you're remaining safe and doing the best you can in the midst of everything that's going on. I know there's all this cold weather happening too. So I hope um, you're staying strong. And if there's anybody in Texas that listens to me, um, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And I hope you guys hold on and stay strong through all of this crappy mess. And um, yeah, I just hope everyone's just trying their best to just live through all this crazy coldness and this crazy COVID and all of the above. So, until next time, this is The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Bye, y'all.